Lim has just invited me into his hotel room, and here I am sharing the same room with him. I could be a Philip Lim stalker. We got like real close. We got real close. Real was like... close. What does it mean to have it all, but then to have it not mean anything? Yeah, we have to understand that having it all is case by case. Mm -hmm. You having it all means a certain vision. Myself having it all is another different mm -hmm. vision. They don't have to be the same. Do you think coming as an immigrant, do you think that shaped your childhood? Definitely. When I was at home, my parents' traditional Chinese values, take your shoes off, yes. respect your elders, yes. you know, which I am so grateful now, today, present day, because it teaches you how to respect and value things. Yeah. But at the same time, I would go to school, it would be Western upbringing, where I wanted to assimilate. Welcome to Vanessa Wants to Know, a podcast where I get to have conversations that move you. Today, our very first episode, I get to sit down with Philip Lim, my friend, mentor from afar, and one of America's most successful women's wear, men's wear accessories designers. So before this whole podcast came about, I didn't know Philip. We met on this trip in India, which you're gonna hear about very serendipitously. He was the very first person I ever dreamed of to be on this podcast because for me, he really exemplifies Asian excellence. And it's pretty wild, it's really full circle because I remember it wasn't even that long ago when I bought my first Philip Lim piece. I was in college, I just discovered him then, and here I am now, you know, having this incredible conversation, a very intimate conversation with him in his apartment in Soho here in New York. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Philip Lim. So we're just gonna like start the conversation, sure, super casually. From India, from like uh, the backseat of a car in India. That was, was that your first time in India? Yeah, that was first time. That was my first. I didn't want to leave. Me too. You left before me, but I was just joining my yoga. Yeah, my yoga journey that actually really changed my life. That was such an incredible trip. That was a last minute trip for you too, right? Yeah, the last literally. Minute, yeah, and I was never prepared to go to India because. It's always been on my bucket list, but everyone's like, you have to be ready. You have to be ready. I know. You have to do this. That's what everyone said too. Yeah. But like, what does that even mean? I don't know how to be ready for something like this, but I just know I have this beautiful vision of it. I'm okay with whatever comes my way. Yeah. And I just need to go and see for myself. Right. Also, like the bonus was to get to see you guys. Well, also <laughs> the bonus was that we went with a fashion label that had a lot of budget yeah. and literally threw the party of the decade. Yeah, real it talk. like the <laughs> most amazing experience. Yeah. And then the trip came to an end and I think I had like two days before I was supposed to join my, my yoga school. That was in Udaipur. Udaipur we started yeah. in Udaipur in uh -huh. Rajasthan. If you don't mind, can I just like hop a ride with you? And you're like, why don't you just come? Yeah, like, exactly. why, was, you, was it Jodhpur? We went to Jodhpur. We went to Jodhpur. And then my final destination was Jaipur. Jaipur, right. Yeah. So we went to Jodhpur together and we were like on this three hour ride. Yeah. And I remember I just was like asking you all these questions and it was kind of like testing ground for me for the oh. podcast. Cause I was like, Really, when I envisioned the podcast, you I had a wish list, uh -huh. which I thought never would come to fruition. Why? 
why do any of us think, you know, that our wildest dreams are never going to happen? It's true. You just you do know? it. Yeah. Yeah. But you were, you were number one on the list and I didn't know you yet. <laughs> I didn't know you. I didn't know that we would have mutual friends. And I remember just like being in the car and, and now I think about it, I'm like, literally like, wow, I literally took it from my mind, wrote it in my journal, a dream journal. And there I was in this car with you. And then you were like, why don't you just stay with me? And you like dialed into New York, you're like, boop, boop, boop. You're like, everything's settled. Like they have an extra bed. Uh-huh. And um, I just remember being like in that hotel room with you that night, this beautiful Maharaji palace. Uh-huh. There were peacocks. Yeah, there were peacocks on the they grounds. Were, like <laughs> when we're having breakfast, it's like no, no big deal. The They're pets. just like a peacock. <laughs> but I was like in that room that night and literally at the foot of your bed. And I'm like, Philip Lim has just invited me into his hotel room. And it's I, not what you think, guys. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not what you think. <laughs> I could be a Philip Lim stalker. You know what I mean? Like I could be like his biggest stalker fan and here I am, you know, sharing the same room with him. Um, and I was just, I think I was like more, I couldn't sleep that night because I was like, literally, I was so excited. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and I never told you because I was like. No, you didn't. Oh, no. no, I was like playing it cool. I'm like, you know, I've got peacocks <laughs> at breakfast in my apartment all the time. But what like coming home from that and like many other kind of experiences in India was that really like the power mm. of visualization and just dreaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think like you are such a great example of that, you know, hearing about your life of um, coming here with your family. Mm. I mean, how old were you when you came to the States? Like one? Right. One? Yeah. Like right. I, because I, I don't re- even recall being elsewhere except yeah. for in America, right. you know what I mean? And then we came as refugees, right. um, immigrants, um, and sponsored by a church um, a church organization. Right. And, you know, it's like that uh, we came in mid, like, uh, mid-70s. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Early mid-70s. And right. it was a big influx of immigrants at that time. Do you think coming as an immigrant, do you think that shaped your childhood? Definitely, definitely. How, um, how so? I can only speak on my behalf. I arrived here knowing I'm not from here, but I didn't have a recollection of being elsewhere. Yeah. So it you was were one. I was one, you know what I mean? And, yeah, you're um, like a baby. I was a baby and um that helped me because it sheltered me from just like um fighting against it. Mm-hmm. But what I fought against was the duality of when I was at home, my parents traditional Chinese values, you know, all the Take your shoes off, yes. respect your elders, yes. you know, all, all that, which I find um, I'm so grateful now, today, present day, because it teaches you how to respect and value things. Yeah. But at the same time, when we I would go to school, it would be Western upbringing, where like you, I wanted to assimilate, I wanted to play sports, I wanted the latest tennis shoes, I wanted, yeah. you know, a different hair color, I yeah. wanted like not my eyes to be the shape, I wanted, I know what you mean. You know, didn't want the accent, you yeah. know what I mean, and it's really like you were conflicted because in a way you were so conflicted and I didn't have anyone to speak with because my parents, I couldn't speak to them about that, no. they like, what are you talking about, just survive. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I mean? exactly, just it's like, get you're A's. here. Yeah, you're here, yeah. eat this, take these hand-me-downs, um, yeah. Don't complain. A hundred percent. Get your education. Mm-hmm. Get a job with insurance. Um, like that's and and that's really why so many Asians have gone into being doctors mm-hmm. and to professionals. I mean, there's like this 
stereotype, right? Yeah. Of like, oh, well, all Asians. Well, there's a reason, there's you know? Reason. It's like not because yeah. we're like this stereotypical go-getter or whatever. It's because like it's a survival it's mechanism. Survival. It's survival. It's that fate. We are that generation where we made it here. We have to survive. Yeah. And then eventually pay it forward. You know what I mean? But that turns into the stereotype of us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, that's what we like and that's all we know. And, right. you know, it's like the good student syndrome, right? Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever, like, do anything wild, like, when you were a teenager? Were you always, like, goody-goody little Philip, making sure? Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) I was fortunate to be the youngest of six. Whoa. Yeah, six. So So you um, were the baby of the family. I was the baby of the family. Wow. um, And now I'm the elder. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Yeah, I remember our our, our talk. Yeah, because I'm the responsible one. But, um. In that way, I also was able to get away with things like dye my hair a certain color, like have my ears pierced, right. wear funny clothes, quote unquote. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the other the other part of me, that other dual side, was like, oh, go to school, never skip school, um, uh, pay attention, obey your Authority. teacher, authorities, and stuff like that. So I was always balancing duality. Mm-hmm. Always, from mm-hmm. from even from existing to surviving to living to just going on with my day. It, there's always been duality, and you know, present day with the with the brand, there's always a duality there. So I think, like with duality, like as a child, when you are skirting that line between wanting to be like really independent and then also being obeying, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That causes friction, yeah, it causes right? Friction, it causes yeah. a lot of friction. And when you're a kid, I get this too. Like there's the friction, it can be kind of negative, but then, you know, you, you talk about your business now and how yeah. there's always that duality. And I think that's what, one, you really see that in the clothes, first of all. Thank you. Um, and also what, you know, what really fascinates me and I think what fascinates a lot of people is that there is such a duality to I mean your existence yeah period right like your hashtag on Instagram is be present be present romance reality exactly but then you know we work in the fashion industry which is one of the main purposes is to take you away from reality yeah right like if you if you talk to an average person about fashion when they think about fashion they think like oh you know runways and Uh like great dresses and and it really is it really is a lot of that yeah to create dreams and beauty that's what fashion is right And it's it's about creating beauty. Mm-hmm. It's a vehicle of beauty. Yeah. How do you live that dual existence now? I posted a post on my Instagram to remind myself because it's never, oh, I did it, check the box and move on because this reminder is all the time, every day, every minute. I had to remind myself that the purpose of fashion is to create beauty mm. and the luxury of that is to be present in the joy. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the idea of being present again, mm-hmm. it's not about, oh, this grand beauty where it's like the most expensive, the most lavish, the most mm-hmm. wild. It could be the most simple moment of beauty. Mm-hmm. Beauty comes in all forms. And mm-hmm. my whole purpose of being a fashion designer and existing in the fashion industry is to constantly create this um, beauty. And mm-hmm. hopefully myself... The, uh, whoever uh, comes across it, whoever wears it, in that moment when they put the clothes on or uh, carry that bag or slip on the shoes, it's like, oh my God, I feel joy. 
Mm-hmm. And in that present moment, mm-hmm. if you're present, mm-hmm. that's luxury. Mm-hmm. And that's the purpose of fashion, I think. Mm. So it's really like how to break these words down and really understand what that means and how to relate it to every aspect. Right. Instead of being afraid of this general idea of beauty and associating with superficiality and yeah. um, surface stuff. Beauty right. is beauty. It, right. It's just a word. You know, yeah. we can't be afraid of that. It's how we actually dive into it and not be afraid to accept that and work right. with it. Right. You know, and, and this is my conflict. Um, <clears throat> Tell me about Every it. single day, it's like, oh my God, is this a waste? You know, I'm in a space mm. where it's like, I don't want to waste because I don't want so much. And we're in an age where it's like, you know, you're constantly being market to, marketed to. It's like you're in a social media world where it's almost like you're not good enough. You're not fast enough. You're not there. You're not everywhere. And yeah. it, it, it's really overwhelming and anxiety inducing, even yeah. for myself who's in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine like um, someone not not in it yet and wanting to be in it and like yeah. multiple, that anxiety being multiplied. So yeah. even for myself, it's really constantly a reminder to what's our purpose and not to be hating on beauty and hating on fashion, right. but to how do we exist and how do I find my slice of heaven without having knowing that I, I need to eat the whole pie. Right. You mentioned you know? that. Yeah. It's just like having just Your, what you need. Just what you need, how you exist in this this mechanism in this industry. And it's so important that you work on trying to figure out where you fit in instead of trying to just fit in. Yeah. Because if you're just fitting in, it goes back to high school or junior high school. And it's almost like, please accept me. I want to assimilate. I want to be like you and selling my soul to do so. Yeah. And that's not my purpose. I I didn't come this far to actually like just beg you to fit in. I'm actually, it's my power. And I have to recognize that, that, I have to figure out where I fit in within the industry, within fashion that I love so much. Has that transformed, I think, for you as, you know, when you started, because your first, before Mm 3.1, you had developed, there was development, right? There was development, yeah. So how old were you when that happened, when you started? um, I was probably like 23, 24, maybe 24. That's a lot of you know, power to give to someone so young. Yeah, I was naive and, you know. But naivety can like serve you. Serves you, it serves you. Um, in, a, in the ideal world, you're always naive. Right. You, you keep that part of you, that childlike part, part of you that gives you, that um, enables you to just do shit. Yeah. Make shit happen because you don't know the repercussions. A hundred percent. And then you have a mentor on the side saying, oh, maybe yeah. that's too far, or maybe this, but never yeah. like you experiencing like, oh shit, failure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was only able to do this because I was naive. Right. And to this day, I, when I think about it, fast forward with more experience, with more um, success or, mm-hmm. or, or moments of failure or further down in this journey, I find myself more afraid to do things. Mm. So I had to switch gears and quiet the mm-hmm. noise down mm-hmm. and, and, and try to understand more and get back to that space of naivety mm-hmm. of why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to redefining and defining again and confirming for myself what these words mean mm-hmm. instead of just accepting the generalization of it. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, again, I love fashion. Mm-hmm. It's my love. So why should I let an industry chase me away from my love? Mm. I should stay in the space where I love, but mm-hmm. figure out why I love it mm-hmm. and keep pushing it forward. 
this love. What I sense from you is that there's like such a groundedness. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like a lot of um, people in the industry, you can't see me right now, but I'm flailing my arms <laughs> yeah, and sure. looking around as if I see <laughs> butterflies everywhere. Like people are very, they're very ungrounded in the industry. You know, they're very like, okay, I want to catch the next thing. I want to catch the the mind and the cloud is, is always in a cloud. Mm-hmm, it's always mm-hmm. up here. It's mm-hmm. never, you know, there's no solid mm-hmm, footing. Mm-hmm. So... Where does that solid footing for you come from? You have to make sure you're around solid people. Mm. It's a company you keep, honestly. When you go to parties, when you're like, you know, I'm socializing, sure, you know what I mean? Right. Um, butterflies everywhere, floating around, yeah. you know, fluttering, blah, blah. Yeah. But that's, that's the purpose of that. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Don't get confused. Don't, totally. Don't, um, don't get don't it lose twisted. Your, don't get it twisted, literally. Like, yeah. keep it real and, like, understand that when you walk away alone yeah. into your car or on subway or mm-hmm. whatever um, mode of transportation, you have to be able to be okay existing right? like that without the glitter, the glam, yes. the, the free drinks, the gift bags, you know what I mean, right. this and that. And I think that that comes back down to the company you keep. These cliches are for a reason. It's quite truthful. Right, you know, right, my, right. my mother always tells me, you know, make sure you dream, but keep your feet on the ground. It's quite mm. simple, but mm. we lose the idea because when we dream, we want to float. Well, dreaming is floating. Yeah. I think that's like, again, it goes back to that dual existence, dual right? Existence, Where you yeah. want to be really Zen and Buddha, but then the other moment is that you need to be batshit crazy like Dolly. So yeah, you yeah. can make stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, balance, balance, yeah. right? I, I think that like in Buddhism too, everything is about that middle, mm-hmm. that middle way, that balance. It's 100% the middle right? way. The yeah. middle way. Like Thich Nhat Hanh said. Yeah, I think that sometimes we forget that middle way because even use that word middle, it's not yeah. success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of in no man's land. It is. But in no man's land can be a beautiful space, Yeah, you know, because it's quiet, Yes. You know, and I think that um, um, it allows you to really exist. Right. This is something, you know, what we're talking about here, too, is quite new for me, too. Mm. But it's something that I've naturally pivoted to because it was a natural way that I had to just... Like an evolution. Evolution and, and, and walk in that direction because I couldn't continue to exist the way I was doing it because it, it felt like a lie. It felt like just, it's what people see only. People, you know, it's people like, oh, you're super successful. You're, yes. um, you're this big blah, blah, blah. But people, what people don't realize is there's a price to pay for this perception. There's the this illusion. struggle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's an actual business that hundreds of people are involved in and yeah. it's not that decision where it's like, you know, all or nothing. It's yeah. really a Every single day is a compromise. And I don't want to use that word in a negative way because compromise is really just to, ex- to get along, yeah. basically, to yeah, yeah, figure yeah. out a middle ground where yeah. we can all coexist yeah. happily, where yeah. we, I get a little bit of what I, I need, you get what you need, and we continue to 100%. evolve. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's really going back to this middle. The middle. Middle. So, I mean, you mentioned that you've kind of, there was a pivot, and mm-hmm. that was the same word that, we, um, that you used when we were in the car mm-hmm. in India on that three-hour ride. You know, there was <laughs> a moment 
where in your life it wasn't just kind of like, because I asked you, you know, was there, do you remember, was there a moment or was there an event in your life? It wasn't like one day suddenly, you know, a little little light bulb. And I think a lot of people, um, a lot of, I think millennials right now, my, not, I mean, yeah, I guess myself to a little extent. And, um, do you want a, a little oh, no. pillow? No, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're actually, if you, you guys don't see this, but we're in my living room on, a, sitting on the ground. It's a beautiful living room <laughs> no. and I, I'm very comfortable on the ground. Me too. We're barefoot. Yeah, we're um, barefoot. And it, it's real talk. <laughs> it's, it's very real talk and it's very comfortable. But yeah, like, so there was never like an aha moment. No. Um, but you also, I mean, you mentioned it just like a few moments earlier, how the way that you were leading your life, it mm. wasn't the truth. No. Someone would just be like, well, what do you mean? You know, you had everything. Like, yeah. what do you, and I think this is, this is a problem. I, you know, I listen, Oprah is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And like one of her biggest things is people are always like, why are you complaining? Yeah. You're yeah. a billionaire. Yeah. You know, like, what are your problems you have? And I think there's like that, uh, I don't know, the, the dialogue's cut off. Someone just doesn't. So yeah. can you explain to somebody then yeah. like, what does it mean to have it all, but then to have it not mean anything? Yeah. We have to understand that having it all is case by case. Mm-hmm. You having it all means a certain vision. Myself having it all is another different mm-hmm. vision. They mm-hmm. don't have to be the same generalization. Mm-hmm. So what people see is a generalization of what having it all means. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right now, Luxury to me is a state of mind. Luxury to me is that spot, that place where you're present and you experience joy. Yeah. As the company got bigger, we became more quote unquote successful. I was losing the space. I was losing my own space. Mm. I was not able to... Not literal space. We're talking about like mental... Mental space to really understand why you're doing certain things. And this is aligned with a feeling. And this feeling, it doesn't just happen and appear. You start to get to know yourself more through the cycle of life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not about this aha moment too. It's really the accumulation of what I call laundry that you haven't done. Mm -hmm. It just piles up. Yes. And you don't put it away. And it's just Uh a bunch of dirty laundry that you can't get to. Yeah. And because you're accepting other things in its mm-hmm, place. Mm-hmm. So then I was starting to feel suffocated. I was allowing walls to be created around me. Yeah. And I was losing touch with yeah. those moments of joy. Yeah. Because I was always on the go, always on the go, always yeah. on the go. Yeah. But it was nice because then it was quote unquote successful. Right. So I grappled with that idea, like, yeah. is this nice? Or why, yeah. why, why yeah. do I feel like shit like, if why, this is nice? Like, why, why am I complaining? Everyone's telling me I have. And I should shut up because yes. then I'm not grateful mm-hmm. because I shouldn't complain because I, I totally, have everything, quote unquote. Exactly. I have a nice house. I have a nice car. I have the car I want. I have yes. friends. I, I go to fancy parties. Yeah. I have dinner. There's a lot of air like asterisks going on right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I have all these things that on social media is successful and beautiful and 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 shut the fuck up, don't complain. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? Totally. I couldn't breathe anymore. I couldn't yeah. breathe anymore. Even the idea of food, for example. Yeah. I come from a a, a a childhood of my mom made food for us every single night. She worked mm. her ass off, but then it it was always home cooking. Yeah. Just simple natural ingredients yeah. making the most beautiful satisfying like uh food for your soul yeah and when i moved here um for like 
12 years, 12, 13 years, yeah. I was ordering, I had takeout or at fancy restaurants. Yeah. Morning, noon, and night. I know. In the car, you were telling me that like you never used to cook before. No, I I, I didn't. I couldn't because, but I grew up with home cooking. Yeah. So in the even that aspect, it took me this long to understand yeah. something's missing, and I was yeah. like, um, kind of, uh, becoming bloated with just yeah, um, fake shit. Would you say then, like this, this so this pivot or this like slow evolution started about like how recent? Three, four years now. That's like not now. that long ago. No, no, no. And it's actually, and if we, and it's also not long ago, but at the same time, I feel like I'm just starting it. You yeah. know what I mean? So again, it, I hopefully this illustrates that it's not a quick fix. No. It's not a aha and it's yeah. not a quick fix. No. It's actually like a life decision that I'm going to switch, I'm going to pivot, I'm going to just slightly adjust the direction right. and reclaim myself. Yes. And feed myself yeah. and do things for myself while I'm still in this space that I love, right. doing things I love. For the bigger picture, for this to go on further, I have to bite that bullet and yeah. be uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to um, realize that right now in my life. Yeah, Not too late, not yeah. too early. Yeah. And I say that because not too early because I wouldn't appreciate it. Right. And I wouldn't know why I was doing it. Right. And not too late because... Yeah, it's not too late. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> on the inside is going to have massive ripple effects everywhere. Did you notice that with your life? Things had to shed, but I was so afraid of that because to me that was like, why are things going away when Mm. I'm trying my best? It's like not only with my own personal life, it's with work life, it's with um, love life, it's with all this stuff that is kind of going through turmoil and adjustment period right now. But I have to Thank God I, I started to pivot three, four years ago because I, I understand more that, hey, mm-hmm. I've got to just keep trusting. Yeah. I've got to keep trusting because 100%. I'm doing my best. I think I'm a good, decent human being that doesn't have ill will for people. Or, um, right. you know, what's difficult is you still have to keep it moving. Yeah. In the process of keeping it moving, you have to constantly balance that with finding stillness for yourself and right. and being in your own moment. Right. And not succumbing to, okay, let's take the easy way out. I think this is like, you know, really useful for just like really young people nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of the time, I think more so now than ever, you know, we're raising a generation of people that don't know how to deal with their feelings. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not even this generation, but like your generation, Mm -hmm. my generation, people um, freak out. They have like anxiety attacks. I I think like um, the amount, I mean, the percentage of people with like some form of clinical depression in the U.S. now and the number of people that I know that have, that are taking anti-anxiety medicine, it's like skyrocketing. It's, scary. it's it's very scary. scary. And I think, like you said, you know, if you had not, if this pivot of yours had not happened with, you know, really starting to look inwards and reading more books and, you know, doing whatever these grounding mm-hmm. practices mm-hmm. that you have, like you would be looking at your business or you would be looking at the death of your beloved dog mm-hmm. and have all of this other stuff going on. I mean, you would freak out, would right? Freak out, and yeah. on top of it, you're the head of a company and there's like, you know, all the things that come with that as well. 
but because you have this grounded base in your life, it's almost, you know, like you can withstand the storm. Yeah. Even us speaking and me and us being so candid and um, kind of being very transparent, you know, even speaking about the structuring of my business and this Mm -hmm. and that, you know, it's not something that you would just speak about. Right. But I feel like if I'm going to be true to myself, I'm going to speak to it like as if it's just life. Right. It's not like something that you should be afraid to touch. You need to just address everything and, and deal with it. And I think that you're right about what I find with youth right now. It's like, There's no coping mechanism. I mean, like a lot of people, they just don't have the tools, right? We have to understand that this world that we live in today, like people work like 10 hours a day. Like a lot of my friends who work in fashion, they're editors at magazines, and they don't even have like a moment to breathe. No. This is not even during fashion week. This is during like a regular day. They get home at like at nine because they might not live in the city. And then they're like, well, it would be great if I could cook myself dinner, but I'm home at nine. It's going to take an hour to cook. I'll eat at 10 and then I have to wake up like tomorrow at seven. Yeah. I just feel like we're approaching really like an epidemic. Like it is. We're not machines. No, we're not. And so we're expected to perform like machines. Exactly. Yeah. Really one of the purposes of why I really wanted to start this podcast was so I could have conversations like this with individuals like you and, and just show that like. There is another way. Yeah, there is another way and also right. that there are problems. There are you know, problems. Because I, I, I'm so thankful for you to give me this opportunity because, you know, I think back at like if I were younger and I was going through this and I would feel like, wow, I'm doing this alone or I don't, mm-hmm. am I the only one that is to experience this? And mm-hmm. hopefully like uh, when people are listening to this, they understand that even at my level, in my yeah. position, yeah. I'm going through it also. What are some things in your life that, you know, maybe someone who's listening to kind of just instantly in a moment, bring them back? Yeah. What What are some of those things? I mean, exercise, mm-hmm. like movement, like yes, moving. any kind of yeah. movement. Energy is a funny thing because energy is the most powerful thing, but it could be the most poisonous thing. Right. And if you keep stagnant energy, mm-hmm. it's very poisonous. Right. When I feel stifled or when I feel stuck, I literally just move. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that doesn't cost anything right. to take a walk. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm like 45. I'm 45. But you don't uh, look 45. Well, I feel <laughs> the most healthy I've felt. I feel stronger than I am when I was 18. Yeah. And I start to exercise again regularly. Yeah. And yeah. I start to cook for myself again. I right. start to find my own alone time again. Yeah. And it's miraculous, right. this, the human the human body, you know? Right. It's, I always call our bodies the divine vehicle of the soul. Mm, that's yeah. a good one. Another passion project of oh. yours, your refound love of <laughs> cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, why, don't you, why don't you tell me a little about that? Yeah. Um, I remember growing up and my mother, would. I would be so happy when she would make me food. Mm. And... I wanted to kind of be in that space again. Right. So one day, I remember she she made this dish, um, a basil, a, a Thai basil chicken stir fry. Right. And it, I could still smell it to this day. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, oh my god, I miss my mom. I miss mm. cooking. You know what I mean? I, I miss eating. Um, and I just through memory went to go buy all the ingredients. Yeah. And recreated it for myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, without even speaking to her. Right. Because I didn't. How want did her to it worry. turn out? 
it turned out like I remembered. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I kind of like a because it could have turned out like the opposite. A disaster <laughs> <laughs> and discouragement, but yeah. it it turned out exactly how I remembered. Um, and it was just really just that through the power of again like um, just memory and recollection and um, and uh, trying to manifest that space again mm -hmm. that moment again and mm -hmm. um from there just you know it was just like it kicked off this newfound uh hobby right uh, a hobby that brought me a lot of joy and nourishment and mm -hmm. it really also changed the way my body was feeling and looking and and mm -hmm. um uh behaving at the same time so yeah. it's kind of like uh, an avalanche of goodness yeah and um, from there, I started trying different dishes and this and that. Right. And finally, I would call my mom like, Mom, so <laughs> when you make this curry dish, how do, you, how do you do it? She goes, why are you asking me these questions? Right. I'm like, because I'm cooking. She goes, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she didn't say what the fuck. But she was like, <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. Because I can send food to you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like, no, 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 that's not the purpose. You know what I yeah. mean? The purpose is I have to figure out a way on my own to take care of myself. Right. And actually this is something that is making me happy. It's yeah. actually like a, it's actually like, it's another version of creating beauty. Yeah. yeah. Like um, at work, it's like with materials yes. and we create dresses yeah. and, and things you wear. But on my personal time, I was able to create things that nourished my belly and yeah. nourished my soul and right. allowed me like fuel, yeah. fuel for my body. And it's just, it was just another avenue of creative expression yeah it's a different thing and going back to this book that i'm working on with vivian sassen mm -hmm. who's one of my most favorite artists and photographer you know we wanted to work on a project that we would bring together things that we loved and put it in this kind of not even a cookbook but there are recipes and beautiful photographs from vivian that depict the marketplace that just yeah, basically just like an amalgamation of both of your worlds yeah. into one, yeah. and just another expression for love of food. For love right? of food, for love of soul, you and know, travel, it's like the travel. It's kind of uh, it encompasses all the things that we love in our world that mm -hmm. we do, and we're trying to bring together. I'm kind of afraid of this book, this project too, I know, even though I love it. it. We spoke about this about being nervous about new projects and how one can procrastinate yeah. and I was exactly like this with this podcast I mean yeah. I think that's like going to be refreshing you know for yeah. someone to hear like you know someone who's who's younger or starting out to be yeah. like oh well you know Philip Lim's like afraid to yeah. do a cookbook yeah. right it's yeah. not even like you're you're releasing like a new women's wear line or you're not like doing some diffusion line you're doing something that really is um like you said I mean it's like Foreign. a it's a f totally foreign thing. Foreign thing. It's unrelated yeah. to what you're doing, but but yet, like, there's so many nerves mm -hmm. around that because it's something new something and it's uncharted territory, yeah. and it's um, it's abstract. For me, it's abstract because the end result is not your traditional cookbook. If you try this, you make your own version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the most beautiful thing in anything, in fashion, in life, in love. You should live, love and create your version of it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. your version of it is so important. It's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Yeah. It's like more than our bellies. It's like more than our eyes. Yeah. It's for our soul. Have you cooked anything for your mom? No. 
Are you? <laughs> is that like way more scarier than? Oh my god, that's like um, the holy grail, right? <laughs> like, like the holy grail of. Is like, it just gonna be like Iron Chef? She's like sitting at a table and she's just gonna be silent. <laughs> oh god, um, <laughs> I think she would be so proud, but at the same time, it's almost like she probably actually like just like crack up, like in yeah. giggles, like oh my yeah. god, what are you doing? Let me help you. This yeah, and that. yeah, yeah. You're like, like no, you know mom. I mean? No, no, this is yeah. for you. And and she's like, and she'll probably be like, oh, you're missing this, you're missing that. Yeah. Maybe one day, maybe one yeah. day. I, it, that's just like something else on a different level. Everything that is birthed from a place of truth and honesty will always work itself out. And yeah. I think like we can't look at life as being, you know, a loss or a win. It's that's yeah. not what yeah. life is like. You exactly. know, you just like one of my um, wise friends told me, he's like, how do you live? Like, what's your mantra? And he was like, just do, do and do. Exactly. Just don't Amen. stop doing. Just Amen. keep on doing it. Yeah. Amen. And it's OK if you don't get it right as long as you do it and you just keep doing it and you like what we speak about like just keep going in in the direction of your truth and whatever that means whatever that feels like you know it you know what I mean you Mm -hmm. know it Mm -hmm. when you know something's off probably you should recognize that it's very abstract but we have to all get back to that space where we trust our instincts because it's given to us for a purpose you know it's like a guide yeah, I mean, like you said, hashtag be present. Yeah. Be present, people. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it's in the presence where all the joy, all yeah. the nectar, all yeah. the good juju comes from. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for allowing us into your beautiful home, <laughs> your good vibes, and your generosity of spirit. And I hope this is not the last time that we get to speak because no. I have a feeling a lot of people will be moved and shifted by this. You're welcome. It's fun. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that was Philip Lim. Philip has like such a great radio voice, doesn't he? It's so soothing. I feel like I could just listen and talk to him forever. And I, I miss him every single time I hear this pod. And for someone of his stature, especially someone who is as public as he is, it's sometimes hard to really lay your cards, you know, all of your cards on the table and be vulnerable and kind of like open yourself to someone that you may not even know that well. It's very brave to be vulnerable. So thank you, Philip, for that. If you want to know more about Philip, you can find him on Instagram. His handle is below in the show notes. His Instagram's really fun. You'll love watching him cook, how he travels, how he designs collections. There's just so much. And last but not least, please subscribe to Vanessa Wants to Know. We are a new podcast. Get the pod on the radar. Subscribe, rate five out of five, and send me your feedback. I will get back to all of you guys out there. So thank you so much for tuning in to Vanessa Wants to Know.